Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite Georgetown Hoyas basketball podcast. I'm Bobby Bancroft, and pretty much as always, I'm here with Ben Standing from The Athletic. Ben, what's up, man? Literally nothing. I uh, I just told you, I, I was just watching an episode of The Golden Girls when we started this, and I was eating trail mix, so this is where I'm at on day 8,417 of the pandemic. Okay, well, let's although, put a pin. Although I do like put, the Golden Girls for the record. Yeah, let's put a pin in the Golden Girls and let's start with some Georgetown news. Um, first of all, um, Patrick Ewing Jr. announced, uh, I think it was, was it Monday, that his dad is back from the hospital. He put on Twitter, I want to thank all of the doctors and hospital staff for taking care of my father during his stay as well as everyone who has reached out with thoughts and prayers to us since his, diagnos- since his diagnosis. My father is now home and getting better. We'll continue to watch his symptoms and follow the CDC guidelines. I hope everyone continues to stay safe, protect yourselves and your loved ones. So that's Patrick Ewing Jr. on Patrick Ewing, who on Friday, Georgetown put out that he has been hospitalized um, with COVID-19. So that's obviously great news for Georgetown and for just you know, Patrick Ewing, the person. Yeah, obviously, you know, great news to hear that he's, uh, you know, apparently doing better and, and, and going home. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously the, you know, we just had a big, uh, you know, an unfortunate milestone today in the United States. So, um, you know, definitely don't feel like we're, we're out of the woods by any stretch. So to hear somebody has it, uh, you know, you, you, you get concerned, but it's good to hear that he's apparently, trending in the in the right direction yeah just you know um i know i mentioned on the last podcast that my son wanted to make him a card although he can still send him a card um it's good to see patrick ewing is recovering at a really great rate and he's surpassing what my what my son can can handle as far as the the well wishing goes from over here um it was pretty pretty nice to see all of you know it's terrible that it happened but you saw all these old nicks and just people out of the woodwork you know wanting to wish patrick the best and sharing a lot of patrick ewing stories i know he's been on the last dance you know a lot but there's people sharing these you know these other stories and um it was good to see everyone kind of rally behind the original georgetown hoya big fella you know, I thought about Patrick Ewing today because uh I think I think about story. him every day. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> well, if you sit well, this in my is your, this is this is your corner for sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I dabble now that I'm elsewhere, so for you this is your corner, so I get that, but that's interesting. I mean, well, I'm trying to think, do I think of like Dwayne Haskins or Bradley Beal every day? I don't know. I don't think so, but Well, if you sit in my my office became an actual office because of the pandemic i was forced to change the way i've been operating and if you look straight ahead it's the georgetown bobbleheads plus the auto porter wizards bobblehead so i mean i'm looking at him right now you know so it's it's hard not to think about him that well that's uh, that that's that's fair um i have various uh artifacts uh, from my years of, as a you know in the reporting game, as well as 
uh, fan and all that. And if I had, I have those things. I don't have them in like my in a room that I go in a ton right now. So I don't see what if I did. There is some Patrick Ewing slash Georgetown paraphernalia there, so maybe I would. But in a, in any event, I thought about it today because I believe my place, the Athletic, reported this that the Knicks are uh, starting a coaching search. Apparently, Tom Thibodeau is the lead. But I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, you know, w- 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 you know, obviously the obvious. I mean, I'm not saying Patrick Ewing gets a job, but like, you know. The Knicks, a, 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 a franchise in need of a hero, would they, uh, you know, what would it take for them one day to think to themselves, hey, Patrick, you know, what's up? But yeah, surprise, right surprise they didn't already do that, you know, 10 years ago. But what are you going to do? Um, I say we still table the Golden Girls and we go into Mac McClung. Uh, Mac McClung announced today. He's going to Lubbock, which I think I think when we we talked about it last, I think that's kind of I know I compared what I assumed Gate City to be to be like Lubbock with a much better college basketball team. So he picked Texas Tech over Wake Forest, BYU, Southern Cal, Arkansas, Auburn, and Memphis. Were you surprised? Is that the way you thought it was going to go? What, what's your your take? Uh, I don't have a clue what I said last time when we got the seven i think i probably said that i thought wait maybe wake forest made sense and i in reading some things today i I did see that there was a there was actually more of a connection there with the new coach because i guess the new new coach uh uh recruited mcclung back in in the day but um but by the end i was thinking texas tech just based on uh, a couple things that had happened which we can get into and also just sort of talking to some people a little bit familiar with the situation. Um, it just kind of made sense. But so Texas Tech, I'm going to blank on this kid's name. Uh, this kid, was he Italian or he's from overseas? They're, they're the scoring guard for them. He, he announced he's turning pro. Sound, sounds like he'll go back overseas, I would guess. Um, and from that, it became more apparent why Texas Tech would want McClung, not just um, because he's a good player, but like there's kind of an immediate need, which does bring up a different question about can McClung fill an immediate need by playing next year? But Texas Tech, for me, as we've discussed, I think, before, it doesn't make necessarily sense from a style standpoint. They're a more structured team, and McClung is obviously a very up-and-down type player, but I mean up that up-and-down-the-court type player. But, you know, Chris Beard's a hell of a coach. If he thinks McClung can help him, you know, why would I doubt it? And I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the idea of McClung playing point guard, uh, but you know, I, I you know I remember when, when talking to him uh, when I, we did that interview a few weeks ago, and then just in, in subsequently with some with some folks like efficiency is a big deal for 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 him. You know, he talked to me. I remember about you know the, the three point numbers need to go up, just the, the the better mindset of playing, you know, things like that. So I you know that better shot selection. So obviously Chris Beard, you know, proven to be a hell of a coach. So from from that perspective, that 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 makes that makes sense. Well, since there is no tournament this year, Texas Tech is still the reigning national runners-up, okay? Obviously going to a really good program that's done very well under Chris Beard. But yeah, the style of play going from a more, you know, Ewing pushing the pace to more half-court sets. And obviously Chris Beard is just absolutely known for defense, so... 
I guess if we're going to assume that there is a season next year, I think it might be better. And I know obviously no one wants to sit out, but I would think it might be better for McClung to sit out. I, you know, I know we, and we can, we can talk here in a minute about the whole waiver stuff, but I think, I think learning a new position, which he's going to be more of a point guard. I know he was in high school, I guess, but I'm not really, I'm going to just go ahead and not, not count that a whole lot because I saw the competition level between trying to be a playmaking point guard and needing to play more defense at Texas tech. I would think that a year off could really benefit him. And I think from, if you're a Georgetown fan, it'll be interesting to watch him mainly from a defensive standpoint to see, you know, cause Georgetown for a couple of years now, the defense has not been there. So if you go there, I don't know who is, who the assistants are tex- at Texas tech are. I'm not going to lie, but obviously beard is the face. So if they can sort of get him into a much better defensive, you know, positioning, shape, all that stuff, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll sort of point back to, you know, what's, what's maybe not working at Georgetown at the moment. Um, Yeah. I remember when we talked, I think it was the last time we were on with Andrew and we were discussing like, I think you and I were saying that like, Hey, McClung sitting out a year, if he's as serious about the pros, it's not a bad move for him. It gives him an opportunity to, you know, to work on his game with, you know, a great coach and, you know, now, I mean, now we, as we know, in Chris Beard, and then he would have one or two years to, to actually play. And, you know, if he really is trying to make this transformation to so a point guard has, has been discussed or whatever, yeah, you know, it doesn't seem like the worst move. It does, obviously, and you mentioned the waiver situation, you know, it feels like a lot of signs are pointing towards pushing that angle um, wh- whether they're successful, we'll see. Again, as, as mentioned before, if only he was transferring to Georgetown, they seem to know how to work things. Um, but um, uh, it does feel like, you know, I mean, it, it feels like everybody's in a rush these days, regardless of what, 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 what you and I just said. It's like, you know, why so many people leave school early. You know, the staying for four years is viewed as like a negative uh, as, as opposed to, you know, something that, that that's good. So I, I don't know exactly McClung's thinking on this front, but I, I sort of get the idea of wanting to hurry up and play. And I guess I will just say, you know, in talking to people about the pandemic and what's the, your takeaway, you know, the one uh, – we wrote an article about this at The Athletic. We checked in with some different people connected with the D.C. sports scene and asked questions about, you know, kind of how you're doing and what are you doing, and also, like, what wisdom have you gained? And the most consistent answer was, you know, some form of never, don't take anything for granted, you know, and I, and, and, and sort of to that end, I suspect the idea of sitting out a year is probably tough for people when you just don't have no, you know what I mean? Like you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. So to wait at yeah. all at yeah, this moment except, in time almost feels kind of crazy. Yeah. Except though, he was literally in school with a guy that did what he's trying to do, right? As a freshman, he was a teammate of Omir Yurt Seven, who was sitting, you know, after playing two years at NC State, having a really good sophomore season, decided Patrick Ewing was his best chance to make the pros. So he just got to experience what that, you know, he got to, you know, be right there next to Omir and see what he did. And, you know, we we don't really know. I mean, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of NC State, so I, I I can't tell you exactly what Omir got better at in that off year, but I'm sure that he did. So he does have a good example right next to him of well, if you sit, it's not the end of the world because look at what Omir just did, and you know yeah, Omir had a 
Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and I mean, we talked about your seven before, and, what, and I think that was the example we, we used, Andrew, as to why, hey, sitting out is not the worst thing. I'm just saying it, it feels like in general, just watching, not just McClellan, just watching college basketball, just everybody feels like they're constantly in a rush. And so many guys, because so many guys leave, and, you know, I, I don't want to say kids today to sound like the old guy, like I'm telling people, to, you know, to get off the lawn, although obviously. We're definitely the, the old day, guys, man. It happened. I don't, I don't uh, know how it did. I, I, well, I definitely am. But I mean, obviously, you know, I, you know, again, we, you know, the idea that Patrick Ewing stayed four years at Georgetown, like, can, can you imagine telling that? Like, we're, we're going to talk about this, uh, 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 a kid who's going to be, who just today announced he's reclassifying, he's going to go enter college this year, specifically so he can enter the 2021 draft. Like, it's yeah. already being discussed. Patrick Ewing stayed in college for four years. He's arguably the greatest college basketball player of all time, the top five, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's just so different now. So, you know, you know, who know, I mean, look, first of all, we have no idea if McClung will get to the waiver. And I know you want to talk about a theory that that's out there. If he does get the waiver, you know, I mean, look, he would still have two years. If that, presumably he would stay for two years, I would think. So, you know, he still would have two years is plenty of time to do, you know, if, if, if you're diligent, you do your you practice on your own, you, you know, he, he can improve a lot. He doesn't have to that a year, but I get your total point. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think it goes both ways. On the one hand, not knowing what the hell is going to happen in college basketball this year, maybe there's no reason to push it. On the other hand, not knowing what's going to happen in the world anymore, maybe there is a reason to push it. So Gary Parrish over at CBS put out an article about McClung pretty quick after he announced his decision of Texas Tech. Basically, the gist of it is is that if you guys haven't read it, it's out there. I know everybody can easily find it. The gist was that of all the players he's seen recently, McClung's done a better job than most in not saying anything to harm his chances at getting a waiver. And I'll just read something real quick. Well, really, it's just it's one of the quotes he had to ESPN right away, which was, here's what McClung said. As far as transferring, it was a number of different events that made me feel I had no choice but to transfer from Georgetown. I really wanted to stay. But things throughout my career made me realize that I couldn't. And Gary follows it up with, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you do it. You don't talk about style of play. You don't talk about your role. And before I let you start to roll with your thoughts, I just want to point out that in the Washington Post, his agent, who I know that you dealt with um, numerous times, and you probably still do with different players, Daniel, is it Hazon? Hazon? Uh, sure. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, he did in his quotes to the post get into style of play. He says uh, the feedback that McClung got from NBA teams was that they wanted to see him fac- facilitating more, being more of a point guard role. I'm not saying he couldn't have got that at Georgetown, but he didn't showcase it at Georgetown. He didn't get the opportunity to showcase that he was playing off the ball. So that kind of goes against everything that Gary Parrish based his article on, but I get what his article was about. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what he's saying. And like, let, let's just say that McClung and his side is, is that calculating, you know, smart for them. If, if, if you know, I mean, just like with a lot of things, you, you know, you gotta, you know, put, you know, whatever, whatever whoever you're appealing to, you want to present the best case possible, and that's better. Sure, what 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 Gary Parrish says makes some sense. Yeah. That said, if you're telling me 
that the and, and the NCAA, if they're going to base a decision on something, will be basing it on one statement. I just that seems utterly preposterous. Like he 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 worded he he, he phrased something a certain way, and from that, oh well, I guess he doesn't know. He's not worried about basketball. But I I, I do wonder this: the 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 phrasing makes it sound like there were issues at Georgetown that he needed to get away from, right? Yeah, which I think is where there was sort of the speculation of, and we don't know, speculation, but the handling of his injury. Right, right. And I think I mentioned that um, one of these other times. But so, You did, yeah. Okay, so so that said, then that's a different story. If the, like, they're getting, the NCAA would – I mean, I would I – mean, look, I don't know what the NCAA does. It's clearly a, it's one of the big mysteries of the world of what the hell the NCAA does. But yeah. on the assumption that somebody – but say, okay, Mr. McClung, we've read your statement. You seem to have some concerns. Could you give us an explanation? What happened? Well, you know, we want to make sure you didn't break up with a girlfriend or something. What, what happened? He tells them something. Now, if it is something that they determine is good enough to warrant the transfer, well, that would be – that would give you a whole other podcast topic because that would be pretty interesting, not that we would presumably find out those details. But other than that, I mean, he seemingly would have to explain – what it is that happened. So unless there's, if there's no there there, I don't see how, how he worded the statement makes any difference. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think Gary is just trying to point out that he didn't have any, you know, inflammatory quotes on his way out the door that could have hurt him. That's kind of all I think what he's saying, but I just, like I said, I think the post or the, the statements his agent had, kind of make up for that so we have no idea and, and, how the nca rules all this other stuff but the statements are and, and also yeah sorry uh, i was say also in the when the when this when the patrick ewing podcast happened with, with andy katz it started the whole oh boy what's going on here thing and the agent then came out and made some comments and he spoke to me as well but he made those comments on twitter Basically saying that um, you know nothing had happened, but or that you know that, that Patrick Ewing was was misspeaking, but that like you know the, the you know there's also some sense of uh, you know that McClellan had not been thinking of transferring. I know that that had been discussed on the internet, and you know we we had discussed it here a few weeks prior. But like you know what, what is it if if McClung hadn't been thinking of transferring all along, then you know. Then why, you know, then why we feel that's well, what do I know? Anyway, it'll be interesting to see this whole waiver. You know, ever since Georgetown pulled off a few miracles, notably with Josh Smith, I have I've long I've given up trying to figure out what's going to happen. It feels like some people out there who are you know, the college basketball insiders seem to think he's got a shot. So I guess I guess we'll see. And and I guess to the point of Texas Tech, they lose this kid just the other day that he's going to go pro. So if they're going for McClung, it does feel like a little bit of urgency. So maybe they assume it's going to happen. Um, it, it looks like Texas Tech has some, you know, decent guard depth. They've got a couple guys back. There's a five-star coming in. I don't know. You know, I, I'd be lying if I said I knew how, how good any of them are, or how they relate to McClung. But, you know, sounds like they need, you know, the McClung could end up starting and replace the guy that left. So if there's some urgency, maybe they think there's a good shot to get him in. Yeah, I think it's clear Texas Tech wants him for next season, if there is a next season. And I think it's clear McClung wants to play next season. Who wouldn't? 
I just think, and I know Georgetown fans maybe at this part of this podcast are maybe tired about McClung, but I think it'd probably be better for him to sit out. Easier I, I to say, say when it's when it's not you, right? Right. I was gonna say, like to the point of getting tired, like you, like we've talked. I've talked more about McClung in the last month than I had in the two years he played. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, you know, him specifically like this to this degree, all in on him. And uh, you know, I would imagine that this is unless there's some new revelation about his transfer, but this will be it for him here in terms of like a real topic. I, I would say. I'll speak on the behalf of the podcast uh, as the guest of this podcast (laughs) that, you know, thank you, Mac McClung. While it's, you know, it's unfortunate we won't get to watch you play basketball in person. You gave us plenty of topics during this, uh, during this era of no sports. So I would imagine I speak for the podcast when we say thank you for your, uh, for your services. Yeah. He did fill a void during a a time that it's probably going to go on for a while. I will say this. As Georgetown, as Georgetown followers, in terms of Mac McClung, I know that there's a certain population that once a player transfers, there's the whole he's dead to me type of stuff. I do think that McClung will be interesting, and Akinjo for that matter, will be interesting because, you know, Georgetown outside of Chris Wright having a cup of coffee in the league hasn't put a guard in the NBA since Allen Iverson. So if either McClung or Akinjo are able to get there, that'll be something to wor- you know worth worth watching. Ba- I mean, shoot, basically the closest a Georgetown guard has come to the NBA is Tremont Waters, right? <laughs> Who never actually played for Georgetown. He just he had just committed at one point and got out of his his uh, letter of intent. Uh, and then for McClung, particularly. If his defense, at, at least for me, if all of a sudden he becomes a much more competent defender, I think that's probably the, the more int- the most interesting part of what could happen to him in Lubbock. Uh, on his way out, Ben, he could have given Georgetown a little bit of a boost. Both um, both BYU and Wake Forest are in the top five for East Tennessee State transfer guard. I'm sure I'll say his first name wrong. I apologize. Davian Williams. So he's got Georgetown in his final five, along with Wake, BYU, Tulsa, San Diego State, I believe is what, what rounds that out. So basically, if, just from a number standpoint, if he ends up, if, if McClung had picked either BYU or Wake, that might have made Georgetown better odds to get Williams. I know that oh, you're following God. that very closely. Yeah. I, I was come on McClung, we got. But by, by the way, uh, to, to sort of help us transition to the to the other topic we we're going to discuss, you know, you mentioned they haven't had a guard in the league since Chris Wright's cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I not this is not about a, a Debbie Downer comment, but like here we go. You know, and well, I mean, you know, we talked about this. You and I have talked about this on the side, but you know, again, Marcus Derrickson had you know a cup of coffee or whatever as well. But basically, they haven't. Georgetown has not a put. A, a standard player into the NBA since Otto Porter, right? In twenty, coming to the league in twenty thirteen. Yeah, I guess and, depending. I guess depending how you view Hollis Thompson and Henry Sims, but I guess oh, they're all around. Well, okay, no, I, I guess I guess let, let, let me rephrase it. Then they haven't had they haven't had <laughs> somebody get drafted. I mean, yeah, because Hollis, no, no, Hollis Thompson played. Hollis Thompson played. So yes, I, 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 I it's, you know, I. Uh, 
unlike you, because I'm not thinking of Blake Patrick in every day. My, my memory of some of these stats in my head are off. But, yeah, they haven't okay. had anybody picked in the first round since Otto Porter. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, not not the McClung or, or Kinjo or LeBlanc was going to get picked in the first round. Although it's interesting, all three of them ultimately went to pretty pretty good, uh, you know, pretty high uh, major major schools. Oh yeah. Um, but like you know, it's you don't have to have NBA talent to 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 make an NCAA tournament, but obviously it helps. And you know, you you do wonder at one point when is Georgetown, and also you don't have to get a five star guy to get an NBA player. But at what point will Georgetown get back get back in the mix? not just to recruit a guy, but to actually land a guy like the kid we're about to talk about, um, you know, and just, you know, another year goes by. And it's really, I mean, now that we're in 2020, I mean, out of Porter was a minute, was a long minute ago. And I mean, it's, it's kind of bonkers to think Georgetown hasn't had anybody drafted. Um, wait, was he, is he the last guy drafted at least? I, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Just drafted period. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, although anyway, so. I think there's a decent chance Omir gets drafted this year in the second round. I think that's actually a pretty good shot. I haven't looked at at least not at least not for a while. And about projections, I can do it right now while we're talking. But you recall saying anything? Well, I I think just from the idea that second round picks a lot of time are foreign players that are stashed, you know. So he's from you know he's a foreign player that was playing college basketball. And I think he probably would have no problem being stashed over in, you know, the Turkish league or Italy or Germany or what have you. So I feel like he really, and you know, he's a skilled seven footer. So I feel like he checked. I feel like Omir Yurt seven checks a lot of boxes for second round draft picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I like him and I, you know, not, Judging him versus other players in the draft, but just in a general sense, yeah, uh, I I I like his game. I mean, I don't, you know, it does feel like the game is moving away from him, uh, his type of player a bit. But you know, regardless, he was pretty good. So um, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't stun me at all, for sure. But um, I guess does he? I mean, he he would count. He would go on the ledger. I don't. I, it would feel a little cheating, though, right? I think it has to count. I mean, yeah, he was I mean, at Georgetown. Yeah, it counts, but he was obviously he was already um, like an established guy before he showed up there. That's all. Well, you know, if you don't count him, then would you count Akinjo or McClung if they were to get drafted somewhere? You know what I mean? Right. You can't. You can't. Can't be. Can't be going against it both ways. Yeah. So I say, yeah, he had you know two years at the Hilltop. Learned under Patrick, he came there for that reason. I think he's got a, I think he's got a count. But as expected, um, twenty twenty one five star top top ten player in the country. I'll probably say his name wrong too. Uh, Musa Cisse, a six ten center from Memphis, Tennessee. I believe he was playing basketball elsewhere though. He's decided to reclass for 2020. Georgetown has one scholarship left. Uh, he's going to announce next week. Georgetown is in the final six with Florida State, Kentucky, Memphis, LSU. Who am I forgetting? In Georgia, uh, who could who could forget uh, Tom Cream? Who? Not you, Ben. 
he had not made Florida State. Was you say Florida State? I think they're in there too. Yeah. So full disclosure, when Ben and I was speaking earlier about this, Florida State is the school I could not pull, but I pulled it. So got it. Um, this is interesting. So when I had Corey Evans on last week from Rivals, and we were talking about all the 2021 players Georgetown was on, you know they were involved with five centers. And at the time, everyone assumed Cisse would switch anyway to to this this current year. But when you look at the 2021 class, and Cisse obviously is a one-and-done. Georgetown's not had a one-and-done, at least from a one-and-leaving-for-the-NBA. I think it's really important in 2021 to get Ryan Matumbo. I think that entire class is going to be Ryan Matumbo commits and then He's a top 100 player, and then other players start falling in. I think that's your. I think that's that's Georgetown's best chance at having a really strong 2021. So I think it would, you know, I know if you look at the rankings, there's other centers that are ranked higher than than Matumbo, and maybe then somebody can play power forward. But I just really think Ryan Matumbo has to be a Hoya. So from that angle, having this guy move is good, and he's a one and done. Um, Georgetown does have three centers on their roster. As we know, they are all the same year because they all came in last year. Kudus Wahab is a pretty good player, projected to start. Um, looking at some videos today, it seemed like Cisse had an outside shot. So maybe, you know, maybe he, there's 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 power forward spot or there's power forward time in his in his rotation. But just from a pure recruiting standpoint, if Georgetown is going to get a five-star under Ewing, it seems like it would come at the center position. And this would be their biggest recruit since Greg Monroe showed up in 2008. Um, yeah. By the way, I was just looking up uh, Musa Cisse. Uh, according yeah. to 24-7 sports, he was the eight, he, they had him eighth, at the eighth number eight prospect in the 21-20 class. The yeah. ninth prospect. Also has is the name Musa, same first name. I've seen Cisse as a avid soccer fan. That's been a pretty common last name as someone that's watched international soccer for the last. I don't want to date myself, but I don't know twenty five years. <laughs> by, by the way, I just looked this up. While I didn't agree, why I didn't disagree with your take about your seven possibly being the guy you can take a a flyer on, especially as a stash. Um, neither the Athletic nor ESPN has him ranked, it appears, among the top 100 prospects. Oh, wow. So, take that for well, what's worth. I guess I can I mean, just edit things, that part out. Well, I mean, those things do fluctuate a, a fair amount, but like I said, he obviously goes against sort of the grain for that, but, you know, um, it is but what it is. Is um, it the second but, round? I mean, isn't it basically just if you get picked in the first round and then the second round is kind of just – it's kind of all over the place, right? You got you got teams that are actually trying to pick for players to be on their roster the next year. You've got teams that are just trying to like have that pick never ne- never show up. I mean, there's all kind of different different strategies there, right? Hundred percent. And you know, you also because you have so many guys who leave after one year. You know, it's almost like you know now that they have the G League and you have these uh, two way contracts, you're like you're almost like sort of drafting guys for your for your minor league system on some weird level, but it's not something we ever thought about before because there was no such thing. Um, so all these things are going to play. Um, but while I'm here for the, for, I don't, for whatever it's worth, 24-7 has Ryan Matumbo as the number 
42nd player in the uh, in the class. Um, yeah, I, he's well, that is a big deal. They have to get him now. I know you can say, Bobby Patrick Ewing Jr. went to Indiana before he showed up to Georgetown. I totally understand that, and that was at a time where it was kind of falling apart for Eshrick and you know this and that and the other thing. I think it's I think their best shot at this class being the class that leads Ewing to glory is building it around Ryan Matumbo. I mean, that just, he's, he's a center. It's Dikembe's son. You know, once you start getting a, a top recruit, other recruits see it as a more viable option. And that's not even getting into the whole, you know, relationship with the assistants and style of play and, you know, touring the campus. Maybe that'll be a zoom tour. Who knows? But I think philosophically you can see where, yeah, you need to get Ryan Matumbo. So according to this, his top choices are Florida State, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, and Richmond? Is that right? There's like a logo. It looks like a spider. I don't know. You know, Richmond's uh, going to be like a top 10 team this year. Well, then maybe maybe that's uh... – Accident, but it, it's it's amazing though. I mean, not not you know, not that Trey Morning was a, uh, you know, a, much of a of a player for Georgetown. You know, only until last year that he really kept the rotation. And Patrick Ewing Jr. You know, was was a was a solid player when he came over. But it's just crazy that like you know all the le- you know all the legends, the kids of these legends are the ones who keep coming back. Um, well, where the hell are Iverson's kids? Okay. <laughs> Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I couldn't get Jaron Jackson's kid. All right, Ben. Hey, so do we want to bore everybody with our with our in depth analysis of Musa Cisse's game, or do you want to just add to the idea of how important of a recruit this would be? I mean this this would really flip the narrative on Georgetown, right? If they, you know, if you if you go to twenty four seven and you look at their crystal ball, everything's going LSU. How Will Wade is there? I have no idea, but from being left at the altar for Nerlens Noel all those years ago, this would be such a, such a, I mean, I, I don't think it's too crazy to say that at the moment, this would be a program changing recruit, right. To get a one and done and to get, you know, Patrick, his first huge, huge recruiting victory. Are, are you, are you trying to uh, <laughs> talk in reality? Are you trying to talk yourself into this? No, but I'm yes, just I'm just talking. I mean, okay, if you go by what everyone says, it looks like you know. And when you look at the schools, you look at all those schools. Does Georgetown fit in with the profile of sort of what you what you think those other schools are? The answer is no. But the whole point, or not the whole point, but one of the whole points of Patrick Ewing being Georgetown's coach was guys like this would want to do a one year apprenticeship under the big fella. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. That's what we were talking about before. I mean, at some point, you know, we got to get that guy. JT three was getting some of those guys for a little bit, and then, and then he wasn't. Right. And uh, you know, Ewing hasn't gotten that guy quite yet. Um, so yes, it would be a big deal. Am I like if I say I'm not getting my hopes up? I don't mean just because the you know what the history says. Just from a little bit I've looked into it. I mean. I, I'm not, I'm not putting George on high on the list, but 
look, I, we talked before about why, you know, maybe it would make sense for McClung. You know, there's some, there's some be- possible benefits for sitting out a year. This kid is going into it. He's saying, the heck with this. Let me get out of, co- let me get out of high school now. So I can do, I can deal with college and then move on. Like, you know, obviously we don't even know if there's going to be college basketball this year, but if there isn't, well, what happens then? Do all those players, I guess they're all going to be able to leave, right? I mean, they would have technically yeah. been in college for a year, so he could leave after that year regardless, and then I have no idea what the NBA scouts do at that point when you're having to recruit a guy you weren't even thinking about for another year. <laughs> you didn't get to watch him play. Um, it would be great if he showed up. Uh, I'm not going to buy a CSA jersey just yet. No. But I think the fact that he's a center, if you told me that this was the same player, but he was a he was a guard and it was the same list of schools and he was, you know, coming to school a year earlier, I would say there's no chance. But, you know, I think the reason Georgetown's even in this final six is because of who their coach is. And, you know, not to burst everyone's bubbles, Georgetown at the moment does not look like an NCAA tournament team for next year, but that hasn't stopped other one and dones from going places. I know Ben Simmons went to LSU. They ended up in the NIT. Uh, Markel Fultz was out there at Washington. I think they had like one of the worst records I can ever remember for a top pick, right? Weren't they like eight and 24? Uh, And so the idea of a one and done, they only go to programs that are kind of, already set to make the tournament, I don't think is necessarily a thing. So, you know, it would be a big deal. And it goes along with what I think is the most important class for Ewing is that 2021 class. He could really, this, this kid, Cissé could really pump some life into the program and say, this is a spot for five stars. I mean, you know, God bless you. I hope, I hope that happens. Look, I mean, you know, let, lest anybody thinks that, like, I'll speak for me, lest anybody thinks I'm a hater, you know, <laughs> I actually ha- I actually, actually have to watch them play. Like, I mean, you know, like, the, the, like, the better Georgetown does, the better it's for my job, for my eyes, for my basketball sensibilities. And, you know, as has been established before, I mean, I grew up rooting for this thing. So it's not like I'm, like, some out-of-towner going, screw these guys. They're mean, you know, forget them. But, okay, you know, I mean, we, as we discussed in previous episodes, you know, three years, no tournament, last year doesn't look great. Um, you know, again, I, I would imagine the odds are particularly high for this kid. And, look, it doesn't – I mean, for all we know, the, the next, you know, Austin Freeman, Otto Porter, whomever, is with the, one of the kids they already have. I, I haven't seen any of them play. I have no idea. I don't always buy into these recruiting numbers. Um, but, you know. Uh, you know, as, as, you know. The, you mentioned Noel. Like to me, that was sort of the last time I, I bought into some notion of they're getting somebody. Um, you know, until until uh, until I see it. So, do you want to go? So, if you're listening, and we love our listeners, we've had pretty good, pretty good listening through the start of this podcast through the pandemic. This is your last time that we're going to have a long podcast because the platform that we're using when the pandemic started, 
or I should say when the stay at home stuff started in most areas of the country decided to go unlimited. And what that's basically done to me is I don't even know how I could even have a 45 minute podcast. (laughs) Ben, I know, I know you can, you can, you can speak to this. It's just like anything, right? If you write something, it's, you know, it's harder to write something short with a lot of information that flows than it is to just sort of ramble on forever. And (laughs) I've really enjoyed rambling on with you and Andrew uh, with John and Howie on the on the bracket podcasts, but th- this this might be it for the people to hear us just ramble. Yeah, I mean, it, it, of all the podcasts, at least that I've done with you, this one is definitely going to be the most rambling. I mean, because I mean, look, let's be real. We, we talked on a couple of the, you know topics, but like you know, we haven't had a, a true meaty one the way we did with uh, with all the other McClung stuff or some of the other things. Um, and and yet we're still here. We are. We've been talking for forty something minutes already, and uh, you know this is this is what we do. As a, as a podcast veteran, to, for forty five minutes, what you, what you need to do is really focus on like one topic, maybe two, and then that way, you know, you, you're not kind of bouncing around. I mean, I think that's what we more did with the last one. But uh, yeah, look, I, I hear you, man. It's, it's like the goal. It's not necessarily like goldfish; they grow to the size of their environment. It is. Yeah. So, I, so I'm, unfortunately, I think my my stomach is doing that during this quarantine. Okay, so before we get to Golden Girls, Georgetown and Texas Tech were in the news, obviously, because of the McClung transfer. Uh, I'm assuming that all of my tweets get sent to you on like special high alert, like breaking news. Bobby Bancroft just tweeted this. Did you see my tweet about Texas tech? Um, I, I don't remember what happened five minutes ago. What, what happened? What, so what, what it's, it's a bit of a trivia question. If you said, oh. what was, what was John Thompson juniors final NCAA tournament win? The answer would be, March 21st, 1996, in the Sweet 16 in the Georgia Dome, Georgetown beat Texas Tech 98-90 to to advance to the Elite Eight, and where they eventually lost to UMass. So I pulled up I pulled up that box score. So Big John in wait, wait, 20 NCAA wait, wait, tournaments had a record. Wait, hold on. Of, was, was Darvin, wait, hold on. Was Darvin Ham on that Texas Tech team? Of course. Oh, okay. He, I, think, he, I think the dunk... He, the dunk he broke the back. I think it was like the game before, maybe. Yeah, it was in uh, the first. This was back when the NCAA tournament made sense, and well, I guess depending on your point of view, where they sent every you know they sent all the teams to the same site that were going to meet up in the next round. You know, so they were down in Richmond. I think the games were at VCU. That's where Georgetown won their first and second round games that year. And Texas Tech had that infamous Darvin Ham breaks the backboard. I want to say it was in their second round game. But believe it or not, I did not have this box score memorized, which there's a couple box scores I have memorized. And they're actually losses, but maybe that's just, that's a whole other story. This box score, so Georgetown scores 98 points, right? So two shy of 100. I'm not a math major, but it's really close. You know how many three pointers they made in that game? 
Well, because I am an avid follower of your tweets, I do know. Okay. They made one. <laughs> you scored 98 points, and they were one for six from deep. Allen Iverson was one for five, and Victor Page was 0 for one. That's crazy, right? Like, I mean, it just shows you, it, what, it's been 24 years, how different basketball is. I mean, do you think that there's a team out there? I know you can, you know, any style of play can win a game if you have the right guys. But can you imagine a scenario in college basketball where a team puts up 98 and they make one one shot from deep? It's just it's just not possible. Well, you know what's funny? This is this is maybe going forward. Uh, as, you know, unless Mac McClung makes more news and you're <laughs> running out of topics, this this could be a fun topic because it sort of connects with the with the, what we talked about last week with that all time draft I did. And that is what players from another era would like, like that, like they were, like they played in the wrong era. They were born too early. If they would have been ideal for this era. Yeah. And what are some guys that like would have been a struggle? Like, for example, all the Georgetown big men, like Patrick Ewing and, and Alonzo might be different, but like, you know, Greg Monroe would obviously succeed, but we saw how unfortunately his NBA career got stunted a bit because of this. I mean, Roy Hibbert, you know, I mean, but they also get, you know, guys, you know, he goes the other way too. Guys who are, you know, uh, perimeter shoot, like Reg, like a Reggie Williams type, you know, guys who are perimeter shooters, but they just weren't chucking it up as much. But I, I thought this because of, I, you mentioned Iverson, you know, obviously he was not a tremendous three-point shooter and Iverson would be great no matter what, but it would be interesting to wonder a guy like that who had the freedom essentially to shoot whatever, what, what does his game turn into? Does he become a guy who, starts taking six, seven threes a game, or does he just go keep going to the basket because he can get by everybody? That, that yeah. was interesting. Well, he he still played most of his NBA career in an era where there was a lot more hand checking, right? And the defenses had more leeway. So and he was still getting to the line. So I think I think he would have, you know, obviously been been fine. When I when I look at this box score, future and Othello Harrington played in the NBA for a long time. He was a McDonald's All American, a five star a big recruit for the Hoyas. I think he's the kind of big man that would have struggled, right? Yeah. No, I mean, and I mean, you know, we can go to like the Sweetney also. I mean, uh, like I told you when we did that draft, like all the Georgetown bigs, none of them are stretch four types essentially. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, so maybe that's a project for you for down the line. Um, so if I could but, go, uh, if I could just point out a couple other things in this box score that jumped out and surprised me. So Allen Iverson led all scores with 32. That's not surprising. So Georgetown only made one one three-pointer. They did get to the line 46 times. <laughs> okay. Um, future NBA player. And did he, I don't know, if did Jahadi White only play for the Wizards? He might have played somewhere else, but I think he played mainly for the Wizards, right? Uh, that's where he started. I think he probably played somewhere else afterwards. because it, it wasn't there terribly long. But Okay. So he played seven minutes off the bench. He scored four points. He fouled out. He played seven minutes. <laughs> that just kind of sticks out to me. That is, uh, that is quite impressive. You know, it's funny. I say he did. He wasn't with the Washington that long. I mean, I, I guess in my head, it's all relative. He was with the Wizards for five and a half seasons, but then he played was Phoenix he with the Pistons. And- no, Phoenix and Charlotte. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't have guessed this, and he was one of my favorites. And I think he's into coaching now or maybe the G League. 
I think he might have done AAU, and I think he's a G League coach now, is uh, Joseph Tuomu with 17 minutes off the bench. And classic Joseph Tuomu did not attempt a shot from the field. He was That was definitely what he was as a player. And a favorite. I mean, if you don't like this guy, I don't know what I don't know what your what your deal is. Cheek Yaya Ja with 13 minutes off the bench, four rebounds. He was a rebounding machine. I think he led the I think as a senior, he might have led the Big East in rebounds. But yeah, as soon as there's nothing to talk about, we might just go into Bobby's favorite box scores. And this game is this game's probably gonna probably gonna make that. It would have been interesting to have a video on young Bobby B as halftime Texas Tech was up 50 to 47. It would have been great to have a little a little bit of a video there of what I was going through. <laughs> um yeah, yeah that th- that could be its own thing. Um what we have Bobby re- 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 recount like all the games he the memories but instead of having me or Andrew on as a guest, we have to get a certified psychologist to help you uh, uh, walk through, especially when we get through some of the those tournament losses. Yeah, I I will say this just to go back to like the, the, now we're this is this definition of rambling. Uh, you're talking about remem- remembering stuff. Uh, this is how old I am, or how long ago this was. When when uh, when Georgetown played Princeton. So basically, I was the same graduating class or same freshman class as Alonzo Morning in terms of year. So it was, uh, I was, I remember being home, maybe maybe a spring break. I don't know. I, I, but I remember being home, I guess it was, and Georgetown's playing Princeton. And the game, uh, my mother, I had cable in college, but my mother did not have ESPN, didn't have cable, yeah. or at least didn't have ESPN. I don't know. And so, I wasn't watching the game and then, but I'm paying attention, you know, and then like at at halftime, they're like losing or whatever. I immediately called up a a friend of mine from college who lived near me and he's not a basketball fan. I'm like, dude, I'm driving over to your house. We're going to turn the television on. I got to watch this thing. And I sat there white knuckled in somebody's, somebody's house I'd never been to before. Watch the end of that craziness. Kit Mueller missing the, you know, didn't, didn't get the, didn't get the shot at the end. The next day, I called cable company and ordered cable at the house. I'm like, this is not happening again. That's funny. Uh, Georgetown sometimes does that to you. I, It's not a watching a game experience, but when I just got out of college, it was when Carmelo and Syracuse came through. And all my life, I'd had friends with Georgetown season tickets. So it had never been a problem to get over the Cap Center. And now they're playing at, I guess it was MCI Center at the time. And it never been a problem. Just walk up, get a ticket, whatever. Like, I rarely had problems. And when Carmelo came through, we sat in the top row, in the 400 level, MCI Center. And I walked out and I was like, guess what? I'm getting season tickets. This is never happening to me again. I'm never sitting up here. Uh, Obviously, that's not always a problem at the Verizon Center, but it was never going to be a problem of mine. So it's a little, a little bit similar to your whole thing of, look, this isn't happening to me. We're getting cable. Uh, I like it. So, okay. So, so, we, so we've got some topics we can, we can do, uh, we, we can do which, which players would or wouldn't translate to the modern game. Bobby's yeah. Bobby's breakdown, both of his games he's been to and the various breakdowns he's had as a fan. 
Um, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Ja Ja Ja. How do you say his name again? Wait, Cheek Ja Ja Ja. Yeah. Okay. We. I was thinking about this earlier. So when I did the draft last week, that was like the all-time players. But as we know, sometimes the all-time players are not your favorite players. So you could do a draft of all fa- oh, your your all favorite team. I I also think your idea of, I think we talked about it, you know, it's one thing to draft, oh, this is my best Georgetown team, but, you know, the parts don't really fit, you know, because you're just drafting players based on what they achieved rather than like, no, like this is a starting five and you, your, your six, seven and eight man have to be people that actually played that position at some point, you know, like your eighth man isn't, David Wingate, okay, like he was a starter at Georgetown. He's an NBA player. Just because you drafted him and he made that level, you have to actually draft like your eighth man, which maybe like like you know Aaron Bowen, right? Like senior year Aaron Bowen, I guess fourth year senior. I think his fifth year senior, he was he wasn't the eighth man anymore. But you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think we discussed it. Like you, you can draft, uh, you know, senior year Charles Smith as your starting guard, but you can draft freshman year Charles Smith as your fourth guard. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, I keep waiting to not be busy at work. I really have maintained being busy this whole time. But that said, uh, you know, for for my personal life, we're we're definitely hitting the, we're hitting the boredom uh, wall pretty hard these days. So is, uh, is this, is this transitioning us into golden girls talk? Well, again, look, Golden Girls is essential television. I know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a high quality show. I don't I don't know if I can make any basketball uh, connections to it. There was a, a reference to Steve Garvey in, in a recent episode. That's a baseball player for all you kids. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm saying that, like that type of project about like drafting certain players, like that, you know, that that, that would take a minute to, to to sort through. So you know, that could be done. So when I talked to you earlier, you were getting ready to watch the the space shuttle. How'd that work out? Uh, well, not great, but not in a bad way. Just in a the rain a rain delay sort of. It's like it's like picture you're at Nats Park covering a game, and uh, the, you're, you're there all. You did the pregame. First pitch is 20 minutes away. It starts to rain, but at least in this case or whatever, they they just cancel it. They don't make you sit there for three hours in the press box. Uh, waiting, so yeah, that that um, that didn't happen. Are you gonna are you gonna ask what your former Georgetown player would be the best astronaut? Do you have an answer? I I don't, but like, what what about Brendan Gone? Just because like he's clearly got some driving ability. And I'm picturing he's a like you can't have Patrick Ewing go, get in the shuttle. It's got well, yeah, somebody. This, this is clearly guards only, right? So, oh, so I'm I'm thinking Brendan Gunn could be good. I think. By the way, like what what uh, is he is he racing? Is he is he what, is he on the NASCAR circuit? What's the deal with him? I don't know. He wasn't he racing trucks, whatever the hell that is. Oh, well, because I was going to say, like at this point in the podcast, this is where you can like. 
you know, see, I mean, who's even listening at this point? So throw things out there like, hey, it would be cool to get Brendan gone. I assume, what do I know? Get him on the podcast. So if somebody knows how to reach out, like, tweet at him and tell him to tweet that, that Bobby would like him on the podcast. Like, if you're listening this deep, like, or, or, or you know, name somebody else, Bobby. I don't know. Who who else? Who, I don't know if he's a, is a must get, but like, is there somebody else that, like, you you know, you want your fans to sort of reach out to this? Hey, th- th- this guy who has his uh, Kente Corner podcast, like, they mentioned you, they want you to come on. A- anybody else that you got? I think I mean, some can... of the more in- – uh, Kevin Braswell would be someone I would love to talk to. Is he on Twitter? I don't know. Oh, okay, well. And I know that I had a thing – he was in a Georgetown game the last couple of years – and I remember in that moment thinking that he didn't get enough of a – they put him on the Jumbotron just like he was, you know, just a whatever player. And I'm like, hey, guys, this is this is, this is is royalty. This is all-time leader and assist, okay? Like, this is – this isn't just Kevin Braswell's here today. This is the king is back. Wow. Well, all right, clearly Bobby wants Kevin Braswell, so – I don't know if he's on Twitter. I just did a quick look. I don't see an obvious – there's a few people with that name, but I don't see, like, an obvious one. So, if we know how to get a hold of Kevin Braswell or Brendan Gone, hit them up. Tell them there's a podcast that's starting next week. will be no longer than 45 minutes. <laughs> and and that, uh, you know, they would love to talk about uh, their career, how they're dealing with the pandemic, whether they – who's their favorite golden girl, whatever it might be. So wait, who is your favorite Golden Girl? Um, so for the record, like uh, I used to watch this with my father watches back in the day, and uh, it's very good. I, you know, whatever. It, it, it still holds up. I mean, you wouldn't think that a, a show about four older women, uh, you know, would, would appeal to a to a young uh, guy guy out on the town like myself, but but it does. But so I've watched it many times over the years. But in this whole Bobby and I often talk about we watch The Office over and over and over again, but I needed something new, so I've been on the Golden Girl kick, among other things. And I would I, I, on this rewatch, I'm going with Blanche. She's the uh, the slutty one. <laughs> I, they say call her out of the show. Like, I'm not like hey, this is just so revolutionary. I mean, this show is about these older women, and like she's having a blast out there. So uh, she's uh, but also you have to like watch her. She's southern. Ever she taught everything is like everything that's like her entire life like took place like on the you know like the way they discuss the masters you know magnolia trees and uh, honeysuckles and you know uh, just it, it, she's everything very over the top very dramatic it's very fun but it's a, I'm telling you Golden Girls fantastic show so I I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or Hulu we have both. It's on one of them, and here we started to watch it at some point in the pandemic. And the first couple, I remember as a kid watching it. I think what, was this on Friday or Saturday night? I can't remember. Uh, I'm gonna say Saturday. Okay, so it was definitely must watch in the Bancroft house for sure. I want to say that um, the first couple episodes aren't really didn't really do it for me. So maybe it really picks up after that. But like in one of the first episodes, it might be the first episode, or maybe it's the second. Blanche, the slutty one, apparently, 
met some guy and they're going to get married right away. And then it doesn't happen because he's got multiple wives. And I'm just like, why would, why would a little kid have been into this? <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, watching it now as, a, as, as an adult, I mean, you realize like, like I was watching this with my dad back in the day. I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? I mean, there's some pretty, I mean, there's some pretty uh, interesting topics, not even just like, sex but like a lot of other things that are pretty you know risque or political or whatever um so yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of the jokes went over my head on some degree but but uh yeah i i i'm 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 watching it catching reruns on the hallmark channel which by the way i had no <laughs> idea i even had the hallmark channel and it's even funnier because like they you know when when they show when they do the ads or they show previews for the, for the other shows they have coming up you realize you're on a completely other show, a channel from what you're used to. I couldn't even begin to imagine watching anything else that's on this channel, but a lot, a lot, of, a lot of love stuff. Uh, you know, all, you know, like if you watch these shows, the world is fantastic. There's no pandemic in these shows. You know what I mean? Like everybody's having a good life or, or, or it's all happy endings. Uh, do you want to do uh, a little, some, some quick trivia, two things I, I can think of real quick. I'm assuming you know where uh, where Rose is from. Uh, St. Olaf, Minnesota. That's right. Can you pull Dorothy's ex-husband's name? Stan. That's nice. That's all I got. Sorry. That's, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, how about, how about uh, Blanche's last name? Uh, Blanche Devereaux. Sophia Petrillo, Rose Nyland, Dorothy's Bornak. I mean, I'm the Ken. I'm the Ken Jennings of Golden Girls. Sorry, Maybe. I didn't. I didn't mean to insult you with those with those no, beginner no. level questions. No, no. It's uh, look again. If uh, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm very much on the Betty like Betty White's the only one still alive. And I was at the grocery store today, and on the newsstand they had like some magazines. And it said like it, it, it like Betty White says she's hanging in there. And you're like, oh yeah, please, the coronavirus. You know, don't take anybody else. It's like don't take Betty White. You can't you know? There was some pretty alone. good. I, I was a pretty big Thirty Rock guy, and there was like a group of threes episode where Tracy Morgan's character was really worried that you know like two celebrities had passed and he didn't want to be the third one. So he was he kept calling Betty White to try and you know, see, see how, how she was doing. And she's like, I'm not dying anytime soon. That was probably, <laughs> that pro that was probably like 10 years ago. I, I mean, she's in her nineties. So she's been, you know, up there for a minute. Uh, I, I will say this, if you really want to have your mind blown when, when the show starts, uh, the actress that plays Blanche Rue McClanahan is the same age as Jennifer Lopez is now. Which is, seems impossible because I can't believe we're talking about this. Because these women are all like grandmother types and clearly Jennifer Lopez is looking like something else. So it shows how the world has changed and, uh, you know, you can kind of, you know, if, I mean, you know, you know, fifty is the new is the old is the new seventy or something. I mean, as somebody who's creeping up to that line, it's I can't comprehend that like that like I would I'm you know getting 
rapidly close to being the same age as you're supposed to be. It doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible. I guess we can end on sports, just some general sports <laughs> stuff to put you on the spot. Sure. When, when's the next time you think that there's an area sporting event? And I'm not counting tennis or golf. So when's the, when's the next time Redskins, Wizards, Capitals, Nationals, yeah. Boyas, Terps, somebody plays a game yeah, in, in, the, mean, in these parts? Yeah, like the Nats have a game at home or – I guess I guess it would probably be the I guess it's kind of a race between the Nats and the Redskins, right? Because it seems like hockey and NBA are going to do stuff in seclusion. That's what it seems like they're doing. I, I'll be honest, I haven't. Um, I, every time I'm seeing something about baseball, all I'm hearing about is the, the salary uh, issue. I haven't really heard what their plan is. I can't. Comp- I mean, it, it doesn't. Sa- I, I thought the last I'd heard was. They were still going to try to do like some sort of pod, like they were going to send everybody like Florida, Arizona, or something. Yeah. So if, if that's the assumption, then I guess the answer would be the Redskins. I mean, I, here's my thing. Obviously, it feels like, in a general sense, things are being more, getting more optimistic about playing something soon. And NHL has already got a proposal for a 24 team event, and and they would have like two different pods, the NBA. Sounds like things are moving towards the Orlando pod uh, with, with, with all the teams that they, you know, whether, however many teams they bring back, everybody goes, everybody goes there. And then other non-team sports, you know, golf is is going to come back. Not just the thing we saw the other day, which is a lot of fun, but the, the Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, but like an, like actual PGA events, and obviously NASCAR has been back a little bit. But I don't, I still don't understand how these team sports are going to pull this off. You know, I mean, if somebody comes down to test positive, then what? Uh, I, I still don't quite know if we have that. So, it, and and I guess the thing is, like, it's one thing to say that they're going to do these pods, and for two months they're going to jam this in and work it out. Okay, but what about next year? I mean, are we? Are, is there travel? Are are, are these teams going to travel? I, I I think the the NFL may be the first team that has to. Uh, you know, ha- has to uh, uh, figure this out. And and so to your point about who's going to be first, I mean, I guess them, but, I, I'm, you know, I, I still feel like we're all a ways to go before the idea of playing and forget fans being at the games. I feel like that's out for a while. But the idea of, like, standard, you know, everybody shows up to FedEx Field, you play a game, you know, they host the Eagles one week, and then the next week they travel to Detroit. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like we're away. So I guess I would say the Redskins, but I don't, I really don't feel great about anybody definitively playing home games anytime soon. Do you think everyone's going to have to have their training camp at home? Uh, most likely. I mean, the, the, the Redskins have been going to Richmond every year. I reported a few weeks ago that they've been starting to work on contingency plans. Uh, to have, I thought that was that, that was coming to an end soon. This was this was going to be the last year. Okay, um, the last year of the, of their current deal with the city of Richmond. Um, so, but that they're having contingency, contingency plans uh, in, in case they need to move it to uh, to their home venue, uh, which logically makes a lot of sense. So, 
uh, I think so. By the way, I mean just to not short shrift the, uh, the 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 women's soccer league announced what a tournament in Utah sounds like. So not not home games. The Washington won't be playing. The Washington Spirit won't be playing at home, but they're coming back in some capacity um, as well. But what well, what's your answer? Is it the Redskins or? Yeah, I think it's the Redskins. There, there seems to be a lot of smoke with baseball. I really feel like there might be a fire there, right? As far as it may, maybe it's just posturing, but it just seems like the players aren't very close to coming into agreement with these proposals. From what I've been, from what I've been, I've been looking at, and even if that does happen, it seems like it won't be here. I will say this, and I know that you and I generally do not say no thanks to the food at these games. I mean, in the event that reporters and media are ever allowed back to games, we're thinking box lunches, right? Like there's like, we're, we're basically, if you picture Redskins and I know that we avoid the hot dogs, but like, that's not even going to be an option anymore. Right. No, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if that would be a good podcast topic. It's something maybe for you and me to discuss on the side, like breakdown from the moment <laughs> we arrive at these various events. Each thing is a little bit different. Georgetown <laughs> is a little bit different than the Wizards, a little bit different from the Nets, and breakdown what Georgetown's food's picked up, I think, in the last couple of years. Uh, it has, for sure. But, um, Yes, I mean, I think I think box lunches is the only move. I mean, I don't even know. But even then, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I went to, like I said, I went to the grocery store earlier. I come home, I take the the the, the wipes, I'm wiping stuff down. I and mean, some people may not be as vigilant anymore. I don't know, but like, you know, like even if I eat, you know, even when I order food in, like I try to make it something that I can microwave. So I can put it in there for 20, 30 seconds and do that. I mean, again, maybe that's excessive. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what we're going to be. So, yeah, I think food's going to be – I think it's going to be a BYO, you know, BYOB for your food situation. I just started to think of it because if I think Redskins will be the first team that plays games locally. And then their food uh... – <laughs> Not not my favorite, but I think that whole that whole part of it's going to just be completely non-existent, which won't be the worst thing for them. Going to be a lot of a lot of wawa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Our, our boy Steve Lino's going to have to make some trips, but even that, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. The, the whole, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, this goes, I mean, look, obviously, you know, we we all see the videos of people not social distancing, not wearing masks, uh, you know, and look, as much as I want to sit here and scream, what are you doing? You know, there's so, there's still so much uncertainty with what's going on. That's part of this whole thing from the start is this is a new, a new virus. The, 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 the uh, scientific community was catching up to it and there's, they still are, there's still a ways to go and it's hard to know what to make of it, of anything. So, you know, I mean, we, you know, we didn't even, you know, in the discussion of which ones come back, which home games do we get first? To me, the college basketball ones are almost N.A. Like, I don't even know if college basketball is happening next year. In my head, I, I can't even comprehend how it can when you have, you know, 
I mean, unless we're just going to say, you know, the ACC and a couple other conferences just play. I don't see how 351 schools can work that out, but uh, what do I know? I mean, everything changes so much day to day with all this that maybe, you know, two months, three months, the world looks a lot different. But uh, right now, man, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, everybody's really trying to make it work. And that's something, there's something to be said for that. Everybody, nobody wants the opposite. Nobody's rooting for us to stay, to, to not have games, not have events, not get back to normal. So at least people are pushing in the right direction in terms of the people trying to solve the problem. The rest of it, you know, we'll just have to see. So I just got a tweet a couple minutes ago from Georgetown fan responding to my tweet about how all four of the guys from the 2018 class are gone. And, you know, a very reasonable take to say that he's just focused on the current Hoyas and he doesn't have an interest in Arizona, Texas Tech, LSU. And I'm just thinking, man, he's going to love this podcast. <laughs> Wait, say that part again? Just one of the, just a, a Georgetown fan who's, you know, oh, telling oh, me that he's not interested. And I, I pointed out that all four players from McClung's class have now transferred. And I was just thinking how much he's going to love this episode. Yeah, no, for, for, for sure. I mean, like, you know, before we started, I mean, I, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, what, what are we talking about that standard? I, look, I mean, I, I would love, I, you, you know, as we've established, but this is Bobby's corner. He's all over Georgetown uh, thinking about it all the time. And I'm sure he could, if he wanted to next week, break down, you know, hey, you know, what, what's the key for Javon Blair next year, you know, Wahab and, and so on. But, like, I was trying to think to myself, like, what is something about the current Georgetown team that's to, to be discussed? And, honestly, I, I just don't even know what that is. We've discussed the fact, we've discussed the roster, you know, who's, you know, who's back, who's left. The freshmen, you know, you you had somebody on um, to, to discuss some things like that. The, the, you know, the season is so long ago at this point, and it's such a weird year. And, look, it has been not much but negative stuff happening, unfortunately with McClung leaving and, and such. So it's just hard to, you know, it's even just hard to get, you know, <laughs> to, to think what's a Georgetown topic to discuss. Not that it has to be positive, but what's something that's about the current situation other than recruiting. I don't even, you know, again, oh. everybody's making up everything at this point. So can make that's up where I went. one once. That's where I went last week because recruiting is always positive, right? Like no matter where you are, you're always looking ahead to, players that could hypothetically help your program that's that's where that you know that's where it's always at yeah a hundred percent uh as as a as a writer who uh you know you, you want your stories to read well and to get people to pay attention or whatever i've always been jealous of people who do recruiting i think that's a tough that's a tough uh tough beat but at the same point Everybody, people like recruits more than they like players on the actual team. And, oh, yeah. you know, there, there's, no, there's no such thing as recruiting for the pro leagues because that's just college. You can't, you know, you're not recruiting. So that's how people get excited about the draft. But, you know, recruiting, you know, we can talk, you know, I'm sure there's a list out here that says Georgetown has offered some 2022 6'4 wing guard from, uh, from Ohio. I'm not making <laughs> that up. But, like, you know, I'm sure we can get into that. And, you know, some kids put out his top 20 list and Georgetown's in there. 
well, we can break down that guy. And you know what? People will give a crap because that guy does not suck. He's he, he's nothing but potential, and everybody likes that. You know, who, you know who doesn't give a crap right now is Andrew. Where's Andrew? We we miss Andrew. I mean, I don't know. I, it was not my turn to watch it this week. You tell me where he is. <laughs> this is this is this is our our last second test of the pod to see if if Mr. Geiger actually gives it a listen. Gives it a listen. I think that's all uh, I have. I think I might be I might be done unless you want me to just start remembering painful losses from my childhood. No, 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 no. it's too late at night. You don't, you don't need that. You need to get some, you need to get some, get to sleep, have a good night's sleep, get some rest, and uh, you know see what so see what news comes out uh, comes out tomorrow. I I um I don't know. I think we got. Some There's good no thoughts. way, right? Like I think this is the fourth week in a row we've done kind of, and this wasn't about all about McClung. We talked about a lot of stuff, but it didn't hurt that he announced where he was going to school, right? I can't imagine that there's another reason to talk about him. Like as far as, you know, it went from he's going pro to I think he signed an agent to Ewing say he's coming back to his agent saying not so fast to he's transferring to here's his top seven to he landed. This is it, right? Well, I mean, like I said before, the the one thing could be hypothetically, though we would not, I presume we wouldn't know is if he is granted the waiver and people say, look at that great statement he wrote. And then you'd have to be like, well, wait a minute. What, what was the thing he's running away from? What was the thing that was so bad that the NCAA said, we're going to throw our normal rules out the window and allow you to, 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 to transfer, you know, and play right away. So that would be about it. But other than that, yes, I suspect the Mac McClung era can go to bed. I still follow, I follow him on Twitter. I guess I have to decide on that at some point. Do I just keep Why that going? Why is he still, I, I for someone that's so savvy, apparently, and I, I'm not saying apparently negatively. I mean, he is. I think that in all my dealings with him, really nice, never said anything controversial, and most of the college kids don't. I'm surprised that he still has Georgetown as his picture. I'm just, I'm just a little surprised by that. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, okay, so this is it. I swear, I told, I, I swear. So we talked about how the first thing to happen will probably be the Redskins. So, well, what we didn't mention is that that means no Kenner League, right? I think we can agree that Kenner League is not going to happen this year. I feel confident about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for the five people that are still listening, the idea Andrew had was that this podcast started during Kenner League. So when the new Kenner League starts, we go into season two. Now that there's going to be no marker, you know, when do we start season two? Great question. Well, here's what I imagine is going to happen. You 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 know approximately when Kenner League would be like late July August right, so what I imagine is you you call up like our pal Rich Fotkin who we see oh. at those games he's sitting up there yeah. in in the, in in the bleachers maybe he's got a couple of his cohorts that that we see around there too 
and have them, you know, come out, sit somewhere social distancing from you, six away or something, and, you know, play, you know, best Kenner League moments, or, or, or you can make up your own fantasy Kenner League. All right, here's what would have happened. We would have put these guys on these teams um, and, uh, you know, picture what, what, what could have been. Maybe you can even imagine, oh, guess what? In the, uh, in, in the Clydes, in their, in their fourth game against Awash, isn't that one of the teams? Uh, Awash in Philadelphia? Yeah, J- Jeff Green randomly shows up to play <laughs> uh, with, with, uh, with uh, Javon Blair and, uh, and, and Wahab. And, and like, you know, how does that look? I think, I think you could do all that. Yeah. Rich, Rich getting on a podcast is something that's, that is in the works. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't connected that to Kenner league, but yes. By, you, by, what's by the way, McCl- other than Iverson, McClung is the ultimate Kenner league player. And now we don't get that anymore. I think he was on the same team with Akinjo last year, just to let you know how many, how much things have changed. I will say this, Kennerly completely changed his freshman year. It went from an event where we get yelled at if we try and talk to a player that we've spoken to over the years in normal interview sessions to, I want to say McClung's freshman year, there was like a media table. What, what's that website that was falling around, like overtime or something? It was just like, wait, what the hell right, is yeah. this? What in the hell is this? By the way, I'm proud to say I've never had a hot dog at the at the Kenner League. No, but you've worn those like I don't even they're they're shoes that look like they're fit for walking around like in the creek. I've never quite oh understood. I've never quite understood oh what this is about you, but <laughs> I like I like the feeling of sandals. The world doesn't need to see my feet. I'm it, trying to save everybody. It's like you've been you've been going for crawfish or something. And it's, like, then... it's like it's the same reason I'm. I, as we all supposed to wear a mask now. I'm protecting every, I'm protecting everybody else. Just leave me. Just leave me. Let me live. My son has a pair of those, and I just think of you every time he wears them. Well, see, look, do you think of me every day like Patrick Young? Well, you tweet a lot more than him, so I don't think you escape. My, my Twitter feed. All right. Well, on that note, I, the world's probably wondering why I haven't tweeted in, a, in an hour, so I should probably uh, go uh, go do something. All right, Ben. Uh, everyone, go out and subscribe to the Athletic. You can read all about the Redskins and some Wizard stuff, college basketball stuff. All that good stuff is there. Thanks for subscribing. Hopefully you can rate us, give us some feedback at Bobby Bancroft on Twitter at Ben standing on Twitter. We'll see you next week. I'm sure what we talk about is anybody's guess.